Welcome back to Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense. In this episode, I talk to Mark Gallopo. Mark Gallopo is a retired elementary school teacher turned sailor. Mark was mentioned in the last episode, episode 12, with Megan Emerson, as the fellow who got me into contradancing. My former landlord turned sailor after hanging out with my old shipmates on a bachelor party. He has a wild and wide-ranging retirement. And from sailing on Viking ships to adventures on enormous European tall ships, he shows no signs of slowing down and going gracefully into swallowing the anchor. Best retirement ever. Hope you enjoy this interview. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Nautical Knowledge and Nonsense. I'm Captain Johan, and I'm here with, I don't even know how to call you, Mark, a former landlord, a great friend, basically a family member as far as I'm concerned, uh, Mark Gallopo. Uh, thanks. Thanks for being here, Mark. Yeah, glad we could arrange this time together, Johan. <laughs> so uh, just before we truly begin this interview, I got to let folks know, uh, so we are in Sausalito. We're near the Bay Area model and the Call of the Sea, which runs the Matthew Turner and the Schooner Seaward, uh, has been nice enough to let us use their shop for, for this interview. However, that said, there is, uh, it's, it's a working, this is a working part of the port. And so there are, uh, you might hear a truck outside, you might hear people going in and out. So apologies for that. But uh, yeah, that said, let's get on with this interview. <laughs> so. So Mark, you and I, we met, well, when I needed a place to stay while I was getting my teaching credential at Sonoma State. That's right. What year was that, Johan? When did you come down and start that? It was right after my Viking ship journey uh, in 2008. 2008. <laughs> wow, that does go back a ways. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what I remember about that, that time when you answered my ad to, to rent a room, and it could have been through a mutual acquaintance or something, but... You, you, came, you came in the house that first time and said, you know, we've got this thing on ships where we like to know what's in every compartment. Not your personal space, but like in the kitchen, the storage and that. And he says, do you mind if I go through all the cupboards and all the drawers to figure out what is on board? And it's like, that, I think that, that, that's the initial instigation of like how I remember you. It's like you wanted to look in all the drawers and, and figure out where the duct tape and zip ties were. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't, I don't remember that. I just, my impression was like, you showed up, you seemed very friendly. I, there was, it was this wonderful little house, you know, with like, and I honestly was thinking, I remember thinking like, I wish everybody in America lived this way. Like, like it was just, it was a, a nice, tiny, unpretentious house with, with, uh, and you had a garden in the backyard and the front yard. And, and, and fruit trees galore, which, which keeps me anchored. And I know you, you have voiced this, this discussion before about there's the dichotomy, if that's the right word for, you know, a tall ship sailor that longs for the sea and, and goes <laughs> to sea, but then when they're out there, it's like, oh, but I want to go back to mom's apple pie and tend the fields <laughs> yep. and, and uh, and you're there for a while till you. If the audience can hear that, that's the ship's bell here in the in the room. That's great. Nice touch. Yeah. yeah so watch. there's this. You want to. Yeah. So I I think I've I've achieved that that uh, that happy place where I have a, sh a ship family and then I have my home family 
and I think you've probably arrived at, at that uh, something in that that level of your life now too, right? It it sure feels like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, I never in a million years thought I could actually have a house and and like with, with some land. So it's been just a blessing. And you're close to the water. And a view of the water. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And you're you're close to places where you can be a captain or and and sail ships as well. Yeah, yeah. I was doing uh, whale watching trips this last summer. Uh huh. And then uh, now I'm looking. I'm still looking at boat stuff, but I'm, but I'm also looking for for other things. Yeah. Uh, if I got this podcast and it's successful, then great. I'd love to just travel around and interview people and get yeah. some entertaining stories. Yeah. But uh, so, what got you into? Uh, well, actually, I, so, hold, so, on, hold on a second. Hold yeah. on a second. Before we go, before we go, because I, I gotta say, um, I, I know I'm I'm definitely a major reason why you got into tall ships. But I have to say, thank you so much for getting me into contra dancing. Because <laughs> that was like when I first started living with you at your place. Mm-hmm. And I had some German friends visiting, and I was like, oh, I want to do something really traditional American. I, I was thinking like country line dancing. And you just said, like, have you ever tried contra dancing? And I was like, no. And, and that was it. You didn't push it. You said, well, there's a contra dance over here. You should go check it out. I'm like, all right. And we went, and oh man, that was that was a, a real life changer. Like it was great. I'm I'm so I'm so glad. You know, when when we have hobbies and passions, and you want to share them with people, you don't know how they're going to be received. So a lot of times, it's like you just have to give people a little taste and let them see, and and maybe they 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 like it and continue. And contra dance is one of those things. And it's it's uh, as a geeky kid that didn't like dancing in high school. When I found contra dance, I found uh, I found a family because you choose different partners, and there's there's none of the social uh, geekiness around asking a person of the opposite gender to dance and feeling rejection because everyone ask, you know for the most part uh, says yes that they'll dance with you, and uh, it's a, a great social thing. So I'm glad you were able to do that, and I I know when I still today when I'm with a crew and we're in a port that has a contra dance. You know, I can call up that community and say, hey, I've got these tall ship sailors. Can you come pick us up and bring us to your dance? And the community responds yeah. and embraces that. And I'm, I'm glad you found that, that community. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it has been terrific. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've definitely done that as well, taking shipmates out and, and, and even met shipmates while contra dancing. And uh, the cool thing about it, what I love is, like you said, there's, there's none of that social awkwardness of, oh, is this person going to, not dance with me because the reality is you're going to dance with a person no matter what you dance up and down the line so you're dancing with everybody anyway and you have a caller so there's no pressure to be like oh man this person's too good a dancer like like no you're just following the caller's lead exactly it just takes all the pressure off it and you just focus on the fun and and the social aspect it's 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 so great the music been yeah lost in the music is I've, I've missed that so much during our, our pandemic years here is the, 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 the hugging that happens after a short dance or <laughs> the, the ability to move to live music. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's something I'm looking forward to having come back into my life. Because yeah. back before the pandemic, I was traveling to a dance weekend across the country every month, uh, sometimes locally, sometimes as far east as the... As the 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 Atlantic coast. So I'm looking forward to that coming back. Yeah, Contra's great. I'm glad I'm glad you uh, you dug into that. 
And yeah. now you have two little ones, so you'll have to start taking taking your your family to the to the local contra dances and start that next generation. Yeah, no, we definitely we definitely plan to. And well, and let's talk about your latest passion. So, what's this whole? Uh, it seems like you've. Uh, not, uh, what's the opposite of swallowing an anchor? Seems, seems like you've been uh, shanghai or taken away to see a bit. You here. know, and I, I do have to thank you for that. You know, when you moved in in 2008, I got a sense of a glimpse of, of the tall ship world through your explanation of, the, of your time on the Draken in their, their early days on the, on, in Scandinavia. And it just kind of went in one ear and out the other at that point. But I had had experience like taking a fifth grade class to the Hyde Street Pier for their overnight program for Age of Sail and uh, taking kids like back in 97 on Hawaiian Chieftain and Lady Washington when, when they would come to, to San Francisco Bay. So I had a sense that these things were out there, but it, it never dawned on me that this was going to be something I would do as my main retirement passion. <laughs> so that's that's when that's happened and and it's you know you again opened my eyes to that when you had your your bachelor party day sales up in uh, Puget Sound on on the lady that was the most epic bachelor party I could have ever imagined I I, I always told Megan it's like I swear I'm not getting married just to have the bachelor party but <laughs> but I had planned it for years and Grace Harbor was nice enough to let me charter the lady Washington uh, during the day for those, those three, it was three days, three exactly. days we were on the boat and then we'd, we'd go to land and we'd party all night and, and uh, sing songs, sing tons of songs, tell stories on land and wake up the next morning and go sailing all day and oh, it was great. Yeah, and thanks thanks to that, that professional crew that, that kept, it, kept it going for us yeah. uh, and you at the helm there. But yeah, that's, that was the, the, the transition because I had just retired in June and you were, that was in what month? July, August? Uh, we got married July 1st. July 1st. So I had just been freshly freshly out of a, a teaching career of 21 years. And uh, you said, well, you could do this for your retirement. And, you know, thanks to your, your dropping that kernel um, in July, then in November, I did, did the two-week age of sail program and, and sailed from more, uh, Monterey to Morro Bay. Oh, nice. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Grace Harbor has been a, a long time accumulator of sea time for me yeah that's terrific so so after you did your two weeks well i mean so, so what was that like because you've been on the boat you would had some experience on it i had i had had some experience but as a as a day sail or a, a person who just goes on board for an afternoon sail on a lake or off the coast you you really just get a, a small sense of what life on a tall ship is the the whole experience of living in a community keeping the vessel up as far as maintenance and daily daily chores and then those other ones and and checking bilges and standing watch on the helm those those only come with a a, a more extended period and and that's what i got on the two weeks and and realized that you know living and working in small community on on wooden ships was was really something i wanted to pursue Oh, neat. Well, I feel like they got a great thing out of you because you've got more woodworking skill. All right, I, I, you got more woodworking skill in your pinky finger than I do in my <laughs> whole body. So, like, you make these amazing belay pins and, and just, I mean, obviously contributed a lot to that vessel. You know, I, I contribute as I can, but, you know, the more you, the more you learn about tall ships, the real, you realize how much goes into them 
not only in the maintenance, but in the creation of them. And, mm -hmm. and that's something I have yet to do is, is ship construction. And, and you certainly, I think, had a, had a glimpse of it here at, at Call of the Sea when they were building the Matthew Turner. Amazing, yeah. And, and, and the, the, the collective knowledge it takes to build a, a traditional vessel um, and that, that I'm like lacking. So I have no, my carpentry skills stop at the, at the bed of my lathe. I, I don't have much other woodworking skills. So I, I can make round things. Okay, well. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, when there's a small project, I'm certainly willing to tuck into it. Yeah, that's terrific. So what, so after Lady Washington, you went to Niagara, was it? Or? Yeah, um. Lady Washington was, was great. I did my two weeks and continued then over the course of the, which was like the last five years now, to sail with her and Chieftain up and down the West Coast. So I've sailed on, on Lady from Ventura all the way up to Kirkland, Washington now. Nice. You know, I made it a goal of like looking and see where, where is a passage that I can join on to go between ports. So I filled in the entire West Coast, except for Coos Bay to Crescent City. Oh, uh, it's, 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 there's nothing in between. <laughs> Beautiful mountains and that's about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that was my initial goal was to like sail the whole West coast. And then I needed to, I wanted to branch out. So how does this ship get fit, fit together? And, uh, I, I was able to travel to the Brig Niagara on in, in Erie one, uh, late winter, um, and, uh, be part of their uprig process. So I lived, lived there on for a month and, and learn how it all fits together and how to use the traditional winches and capstans to, uh, to raise and put everything back together, which is a, a phenomenal experience. Yeah. Yeah, Niagara is a significantly larger vessel than Lady Washington Hawaiian Chieftain, which, which I, I talk a lot about. Mm -hmm. um, it just, yeah, it, it was great to go, when I first went on that vessel, it was, because you know, on Lady Washington, you very quickly, you're like, okay, you're in charge of stuff. Like there's just so few people and they're, they're, you know, and at that time when I started, it was a lot of the blind leading the blind. So they're like, oh, you know how to teach? Bam, you're teaching. Like, oh, okay. You know. Exactly. Whereas on Niagara, it's like you are a cog in the machine. And even though by that point I had had over, you know, a year's experience or more, I mean, I kind of kind of knew the basics of what was going on for sure by that point. Um, you know, the the people that were very polite, but they said, Johan, I understand. You know how to ease a line safely and all that. You need a license to do that. Like literally that was the regular, you need to be an AB period. And uh, so it's like, okay, I, like I was just like, I'm a cog in the machine and that was good. It was a good, good experience. It was humbling and I learned a lot. I, I, I hear your cog in the machine comment, but I think a lot of it is, is more just safety and training and making sure everyone is on the same page mm -hmm. as, as to that. Um, you know, every ship has its own routines and patterns. And, and, you know, that's one thing I've learned is like, you can never assume you know how to do it. You always yeah. wait and, and learn from the bosun or the chief and, and uh, your, your, your watch leaders as to how they want it done. And, and you go with it and you can't, you can't layer your, your, your opinions on top of that. You go with what's, what's there and do it the way they want to do it. And, and that flexibility is, is good and important. Um, mm -hmm. And I've had a chance to work on many ships now. I can think I can say many, um, but yeah, Niagara was certainly a powerful experience uh, to be with them uh, on on that uprig. So, and 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 learning how the ship fits together, I think, is is a great part of it. Mm -hmm. 
So when, uh, where'd your journey take you then? You know, it's all fuzzy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I've got it written down somewhere. In fact, I just turned in a bunch of sea time to the, to the Coast Guard moments How, ago. How'd you go international? Because you, you just came from Europe. I mean, you're, you're yeah. sailing all over the world now. Well, just as you mentioned, the Niagara. So Captain Cousin from uh, Chris Cousin from Niagara was doing a, a, a stint on Lady Washington as captain mm -hmm. and got to know him and really respected his leadership. And it's like, where's he working? What's he doing? How can I, how can I learn from him? Um, so I, I connected with him and other, other, other people who would come to work on Lady Washington with the Kalmar Nickel or, or other ships. And it's like, you follow the, I followed those, those people who were the leaders. Um, and then, you know, thanks to the internet and social media, there's a lot of really great ways to connect and learn of more opportunities, which is how I just, you know, I just returned from Sweden for a month and I spent a month uh, a couple of winters ago in the Canary Islands on another ship. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so social media is, is good. And you know, the first step is you, you told me to do, get those sea time letters and just keep adding them together and keeping those files to going. And uh, you know, it was thanks to you prompting me to collect sea time and then pursue, pursue an AB Mm -hmm. uh, that has allowed me to have some credentials in, in, a, in an international industry to, uh, to say, hey, I'm, I want to volunteer, but I've got this document that shows that I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm willing to apply myself. Yeah, so folks listening, anytime you depart a vessel, if you're, if you're doing, you know what, honestly, even if you're not planning to have a big career, because I never intended to be a, a captain, I was, I was always, uh, I wanted to be a deckhand, just sail around the world. Um, I'm very thankful after leaving every boat that I got a sea time letter, a letter recommendation, and also just make sure you get your drug testing letter <laughs> as well. If you were part of a program mm -hmm. that kind of carries over for a few months. Uh, so I think those were the three that you're, you, you got to get when you leave. And uh, you, you had a great, a great, a great Excel spreadsheet that you were able to keep, keep track of all your seat time that I've, I've, uh, yeah. used as well. Yeah. That was thanks to my brother-in-law. He did a very good job, whipped that out in like a half hour. It was right? incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks to him. Shout out to uh, Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> but but I wasn't going to say, oh, yeah, so, so how did it go with the Coast Guard this morning? You went to, a, a, was it a regional exam center? It was a re regional exam center, so had an 8 o'clock appointment uh, there to turn in uh, my seat time and uh, my uh, RFPNW, ratings forming part of a navigational watch, and my uh, vehicle, uh, vessel personnel security detail uh, class cert certificate. Uh, to get on my on my credentials, um, so rather than have them sitting in a file somewhere, I wanted to get there because I do want to become go beyond an AB sale, which is 180 days of sea time, to an AB unlimited. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. To for those of you <laughs> out there in Radioland, I am 63 years old. You know, I I don't and looking great. <laughs> just so you know, everybody looking solid. I don't I don't I don't. Got a gorgeous set of uh, handlebar mustache and, and just looking good. Mark. Well, thank you. You know, I you, it's it's a it's a it's a young person fit. You have to be fit, and and that's part of my my strategies of keeping keeping fit just for my own self. But you know, it's I'm not doing this as a career. I'm doing it as a as a, a passion for my for my retirement. I don't know how long I'll do it, and and you know, 
I was working on the, you know, the call to seas, uh, Matthew Turner, um, as a long-term volunteer here this, this season. And uh, very graciously, they said, hey, can we pay you? And uh, <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> no, I want you to, you know, hire, hire another younger person. Because, you know, I'm in a place where, you know, I have, I have a retirement from my teaching career and I don't need the money. I, I'm here to, you know, be a consistent volunteer and, you know, hire somebody younger. But I do want to get, you know, get credentials. And, you know, you can't give up on goals, even though you're older. It's like professional goals are, are good, whether it's, you know, pursuing a, a continuing education degree at, at a community college or elder hostel or um, you know, sailing the world on a tall ship. Yeah, I guess with an AB Unlimited, it gives you unlimited options. In that it, sense. It, it does, and I think it's a more a more it it requires more sea time, and then you know more uh, qualifications. But you know, having having said that, I had my my Merchant Mariner Mariner credential for able seaman for sailing, and. On Facebook, there's a there's a many groups, but one uh, the captain uh, and moderator of the group, uh, uh, Bob uh, Babs Butel, um, said, "I'm sailing the Alexander von Humboldt in the Canary Islands, and we don't have enough professional mariners to sail this ship. Who wants to come to the Canary Islands and sail?" Awesome. And I was able to show that I had my SCTW, Johan, which stands for. The, oh man, I put, <laughs> put the pressure on. Uh, STCW. Uh, Safety. Uh, oh my God, Mark, I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, it, it, so, so I had, <laughs> so I had my, I had, I had the credentials, and I had that, and 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 you know that was an intro into this this German vessel that I I was able to spend a whole month sailing Canary Islands on. Well, now now I'm just sorry, I'm stuck on STCW. Uh, <laughs> safety tra- training. Ah, yeah. Cool. So that thing, the, totally the, 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 all the coursework. So I had, yeah. I had, when I realized that I wanted to be serious about this, um, after leaving Niagara, uh, I traveled to Mobile, Alabama, and then down to the bayous of Bayou Le Batre of Forrest Gump fame, mm-hmm. uh, shrimping boats, and uh, did my, my basic safety, lifeboat, fireman training, uh, so that I could get those certifications and, and progress professionally. Um, so, you know, that, that gave me an intro into the, being able to fly to the Canary Islands at my expense, but then live on board and sail, uh, this beautiful green sailed ship yeah, for right. a the, month. Alexander von Humboldt, I believe it, it's Beck's brewery that, that sponsors those sails. That's why they're green. Uh, cause Beck's has the famous green bottles yeah. and, uh, yeah, yeah, very neat. I'm so happy you got to have, have that experience. You and, know, it's, it's uh, yeah. And I also got to say, I'm very happy. Uh, I'm very happy that you, I, I don't know, Mark. It's, it's like, I, again, I wish more Americans had your attitude where it's like, you know what? I don't need the money. Give it to, let somebody else move into here. You know, hire somebody else, give them the experience. And I mean, like, like you gave which was a, a huge inspiration for me, um, you gave your kidney to a friend to save that person's life. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it it's, I, yeah. I, I just wish more people were like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you. Thank like, you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I, yeah. I really do. I, that's, right. that's, I'm pretty, I'm pretty generous. I still, 
you know, I think if, if you were to ask the, you look at the back of the, the card that uh, the crew here at, at uh, Matthew Turner gave to me, you know, that was one of the things that came out in, in, in their comments about me um, here at the time. But yeah, you know, I've been, I've been dealt a, a really great hand in life, you know, and as, as you, your parents were immigrants, you know, to, from Europe to Canada to California. Uh, yeah, well, my ancestors from from Europe, but uh, pretty pretty much poor farmers and people fleeing, yeah. fleeing all the all the usual things exactly. that people flee. And, but, know, but I, my parents were from Canada, so yeah, right, yeah. So I'm kind of got that 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 too, and you know, um, well, your mom, she was. I, I love talking to your mother, and I, I, we miss her. Your memory be a blessing. Yeah, yeah. She she was so lovely. Um, this wonderful classic British woman who refined British woman who just. <laughs> Like she worked at Portsmouth Harbor. She, she, did? she was there. She told me she was there when the Germans dropped a 200, I believe it's a 250 pound bomb right next to HMS Victory. Had it landed on the Victory, would have destroyed it. History. Had yeah. it been in the water, it would have sunk it. And luckily it was, I, I think at that point it was out of water. I could be wrong. Wherever it landed, it was like the perfect spot to not destroy the vessel. And, and one of the, her friends died there, or at least someone she knew it's, it's died great. from it's that, great that, that bomb. You've got that story. I didn't, I didn't know that, that one, you know. He, I, I really lament the fact that I didn't get the, so many of those stories from both my parents and my grandfather. Um, so yeah, she was, she was a, a stenographer at the, for the Admiralty at, in Portsmouth, uh, sitting in on all those Admiralty type meetings, taking stenographers uh, to the head of the dockyard and, uh, and lived through all that. Um, and my father was on a minesweeper in, uh, in the North Atlantic for the British as well. But her father, I mean, it's a, it's a line of, it's a line of naval uh, heritage that I guess I'm carrying on in my own way. My grandfather ran away in, at the age of 15 in 1915 and joined the British Navy. Okay, <laughs> wow. And he immediately, you know, was put on a ship and sent off to the, the Lithuania, Latvia uh, coast and they were bombing the Bolsheviks for the Tsar mm -hmm. on behalf of the British Queen. And you know he had a he had a long career naval career, you know, and was on Malta up to and through the beginning of World War II. Wow! So he had a, he had a, a quite a career. So I'm I'm the the latest incarceration of that in <laughs> incarnation. In, incarnation. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully you don't get incarcerated. No, I don't know no, how no, wild no, no. You, you get in <laughs> I, I, on the boats, but I'm pretty pretty chill when it comes to that. <laughs> So, well, talking of stories, so I want to hear more of like the, just some, I don't know, do you got any good funny stories or just like, gosh, this is really rough or just kind of the more personal stuff that maybe somebody coming from the outside in wouldn't ever get to experience or hear? There, there are so many, for me, the, 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 the physical, visceral things you have to do and, and make happen when you're on a ship in, in a situation uh, are the things that uh, resonate with me, you know, having to go aloft when you've got horrible winds or, or rough sea state to, to furl a sail or, or take down something or being able to, you know, stand on, a, on the tiller in the midst of a storm. And, and the, those moments of, of like, what the heck am I doing here? Why am I drenched <laughs> with this wind bashing me in the face? Why is my stomach retching? <laughs> and, and 
why you know all these these really out of body experiences that you have to do and you do it for the sake of your ship and your shipmates mm-hmm. um, and you really I've really learned to push myself through all these moments and and they're just so so bizarre when you look back on them that how how visceral and how like potentially life-threatening or or uh, you know what you had to do to get through those moments uh, to make make things safe and move on that you really look back it's like Heck yeah, yeah. Pat myself on the back, you know. <laughs> it's it's really a, a big test of of your metal that I don't think people get. Yeah. In 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 normal walks of life, I mean, you know, there's you can take your backpack and you can go off the grid, you know, and 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 experience some of that, or you can, you know, not many people do the John Muir thing where you climb a pine tree and. And you know, wait out a, a massive winter storm, but it's it's the mm-hmm. equivalent of that. It's really testing yourself against the elements. But you're never really in that much danger because you do have this this a vessel, a safety plan, and and, and shipmates that you can you can get through those 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 trials. Yeah, well, I think well, the the potential danger is always there. I mean, I think that's kind of one of the underlying things. And obviously, that ratchets up as as the wind increases in speed and the swells get bigger. But I, I yeah, I, I wonder if if that isn't part of it. That just there's all you're. It's it's always humbling. I mean, the sea's big, it's vast, and you know your life expectancy, especially on the west coast, is measured in you know a couple hours probably before you mm. just freeze up and you're done. It always cracked me up when pastors are like, oh, well, we could just swim ashore. It's just like, you know, three miles away. I'm like, uh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, you might make it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe not. But, but, but those, those, those are then tempered by the, you know, the sublime oh, yeah. moments of having a bird land on your deck for a few hours when you're, when you're out, <laughs> out at sea and just being able to watch a bird, you know, take, take some chill time. Yeah. Uh, or, or the you know watching, being on night watch, you know, and like you got to do some time on Draken. I too t- spent uh, six weeks on Draken on their Atlantic coast tour. Okay. And and being able to stand on the deck of a historic vessel, on watch from midnight to four, and just watch the progression of the stars across the mm-hmm. horizon, and and being able to just enjoy that you know four hours of sitting there watching the stars move whatever happens to move and um mm-hmm. on the deck of a historic vessel it's it's magical yeah there's nothing there's nothing like it in all the world it really isn't there was a talk of of the bioluminescence and uh in the water and i think Draken had had that like the, the green dragon tail oh, that comes cool. out from behind the <laughs> behind the ship and you yeah. know being on a ship and watching your wake turn you know neon green as as you're crossing a you know pitch black ocean is is another of the really the things that just capture me so I don't I don't have a lot of funny stories I'm not a funny story guy I'm I'm afraid <laughs> but those 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 moments of of um high pressure or and and sublime you know things it's 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 good and and then you always have your community your your people your yeah. your shipmates that you're you're counting on to help you get through some of those more trying times yeah ship shipmates self that's exactly. the order you do things 
Yeah, I remember you know, you're talking about trying times, and we had a we had a, a couple the the Ryan family. The, their their family would show up and work on Lady Washington. They were so much fun. Oh my gosh, uh, the uh, Mike and Carrie Ryan and their daughter Willow, and they were like this this uh, they they were true. They're primitive skills specialists, so they would actually train people on primitive skills. Like I, I'm. And I saw it with my own eyes. Like they literally would just say, oh, here's a little rock and there's some, you know, like, bam, you got a fire. I'm like what? <laughs> you know, and then, and the daughter, we were out hiking and she's barefoot like a hobbit, you know, we're going on this like miles long hike. And then there's this little stream and she's like, ooh, want to get a fish? Let's get a fish. And she's like, you know, there's a way to like noodle your fingers and just like within seconds, boom, she had a fish. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's, that's something. Oh my gosh, never seen that before. But then I was thinking in my mind, like, yeah, maybe she got lucky. Or like, she's like, oh, do you want another? But like 10 seconds later, boom, here's another. Like, what? Wow. <laughs> so, so very, very skilled in what they do. Um, and loved having them on board because they would just, you couldn't wash a dish. Like you're, you'd, you go up to wash your dish and they, and they would just grab it for you and start washing it. They said, oh, this is what we do at home. And nice. so it was all, that was their way of just like helping the, the group among other things. But one of the things they said was when they go out and do these wilderness training, you know, primitive skills training sessions, and people are going out with nothing but the clothes on their back, literally. So it's mm-hmm. literally like you have no no support uh, except your your brain and, and your, your brawn, and that's all you got. And they said we, we would have to create scenarios. We'd have to, even then, we'd have to like set up scenarios to make it more life more difficult. And she said like the boat, when you're underway, it's like, you don't have to set up anything. It's always it's always going to be more challenging than land. Essentially, <laughs> I got I got to sail with them my very first time on oh, Lady Washington okay. from from Monterey to Morro Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, I still recall seeing Willow uh, in a bosun's chair that was attached to one of the stays, the mainstay, and and Willow was working. I, I don't know what their pronouns are, but Willow was working their way down the down the stay, hands in a pine tar bucket, and 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 tarring the uh, tarring the stay as as they were working down the 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 uh, to the deck, and uh, I thought she kicks ass. Yeah, it's like she, I wanna I wanna <laughs> I have no clue how to tie that chair on to have it work down and how to be safe and do that and. I was literally in awe of, of watching her skill on there. And, and she too with a smile. That's the other thing. Like she had yeah. this funny little smile and yeah. Yeah, great. so I, I, I still I still have yet to learn how to do that. Uh, it's funny, you know, I have I when I came on board I chose the, the name Flicker, which is a, oh. a bird. And I had that from another another community I'm part of. <laughs> um, but her parents had gone walking on Morro Bay. And came back at and at a, at a muster. The the mom gave me a flicker feather, and huh. she says we found this on the beach. I thought you should have this flicker feather, and it was not a. On the west coast, we have the, the orange shafted flicker feathers, that the native people used in their headdresses. But this was a yellow shafted flicker, which is hmm. like not seen on our coast. And it's like, it was really a special feather. It's like how in the heck did that feather get to there and they found it and they gave it to me so yeah some fond memories of, of that family I often wonder where they might be these days yeah they're as far as I know they're still they, they do you know they have this beautiful farm middle of nowhere Utah okay um, little uh, not 
like a like a farmstead kind yeah. of thing. And uh, as far as I know, they're still doing their apprentice skills training. And then, and then in the winter time, when the farm is, is kind of you know dead, they, uh-huh. that's when they would go on Lady Washington. So yeah. I don't know if they're still doing that, but they're happy. Willow got married, oh, no so kidding. she's married to a wonderful young man who, just from the picture, he looks great. Awesome. So, <laughs> well, you know, very and, happy and, and that's that's so often you you meet people for a week to three weeks, four weeks, however longer, and then. You know, again, you cross paths maybe you know a year or two later, and it's 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 like yeah. running into a long lost, well, of course, a long lost friend, but you know, you yeah. lose track over time. Social yeah. media has helped bridge some of those closures, but uh, yeah, it's true. Flicker, huh? Well, you're lucky you got to choose your nickname because most people <laughs> don't. <laughs> most people, their name is given to them, not yeah. always by uh, choice right. or desire. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was thinking the closest one to Flicker, we, we had one fellow that got the nickname Flipper uh-huh. for a little bit because mm-hmm. he was in the, the small boat and flipped it. Oh. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, actually, this is a good, good life lesson, folks. So if you're in a Zodiac, all the engine's in the back, your body's in the back. That's weight in the stern, right? So the bow kind of rises up. If you go 15 knots into a 20 knot wind, guess what's going to happen? The instant you hit a swell, mm. any little ripple in that water, bam, you're going to flip your boat. So uh, try to go 45 to it and shift your weight. Ideally, have somebody on the bow. Just don't flip your boat. I think uh, we, we, they, we wrote up a formal... Because we, because it was Lady that salvaged it, oh. <laughs> so we we, brought, we were able to salvage uh, this guy and the boat, and I think we wrote back. We had like a, a list of the the cost of the salvage, and at the top of it, at the very top, was like and one or at the end of it, excuse me, was one Paps Blue Ribbon <laughs> beer. <laughs> well, I uh, I uh, had the benefit here, Call of the Sea. Uh, worked with um, backcountry medical guides mm-hmm. this last weekend, and uh, they not only do backcountry wilderness medical training, but they also have a, uh, a maritime component for ships. And uh, they brought their their training to Matthew Turner and Call of the Sea this weekend. And I was surprised to learn that one of the major sources of injuries is on small boats that mm. people falling in the water and those those props doing that that the brutal thing they do to flesh okay that, that that's 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 one of the bigger and is that even precautions is that even with people with the the kill kill line you, you attach the kill that, switch to yourself yeah that's to, like, I that's think, even with people i'm with not sure switch? but i that that's the one thing they they talked about having to, to yeah to protect people so but yeah some pretty gory details Gosh, well, that's good. It's good to know, right? Yeah, be safe on those small boats. Yep. Yeah, and really look out for other traffic too. Exactly. Like, uh, I can't. Yeah, there's so many times when <laughs> the bigger boats, <laughs> we're not that maneuverable. <laughs> like, please stay out of the way. Yeah. Well, neat. So, I kind of want to take take the conversation back to Europe, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. I really haven't seen it too much since since sailing on those boats. Right. Um, so, do you? Have you had any impression? So you, well, you were on Draken, which was on the East Coast now of the United States. So yep. Probably mostly U.S. crew at that point, I would think. It, it, right? Professional crew was still European. Okay. Okay. So you had that. Awesome. Uh, I actually had forgotten you were on Draken. What a funny boat. She is, <laughs> she's great. Folks, if you get a chance to see Draken, check it out. Yeah. Wonderful Viking ship. Probably the biggest Viking ship ever constructed on the planet ever. And, <laughs> and lots of beautiful videos of her, yeah. her huge sail. Just amazing. 
But uh, but the other European vessels, so you sailed on some pretty big ones, like the Alexander von Humboldt, I know, is a bit, she's steel, right? Steel hull? Alexander von Humboldt is a, yeah, purpose-built sailing vessel um, out of Bremerhaven, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, totally mechanical crew, uh, engine room, ventilation systems, walk-in refrigerators and chilled okay. garbage compartments, so definitely for long, long sailing voyages. Um, and then you were also on the Swedish one. Uh, the I always forget yeah. its name. Uh, Gothenburg. 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 Now, and she's Woodhull, I, I believe. She is. So I got to know uh, that ship. Uh, it's a 1740s East India man trading cargo ship uh, that was purpose built. Uh, 190 foot on deck. Wow. Uh, three full decks. Um, from Bjorn Allender, who was the captain of, of Draken. So yep. one evening when Draken on its Atlantic tour was in Salem, Bjorn pulled out his, his laptop and showed us how they built uh, the Gothenburg because it was, it's, a, it's a massive ship. It's, it's like a warship. The gun deck has like eight cannon ports on each side. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a, just a massive wall of black tarred oak um so he showed us how they were building it and so i had a, a sense of that ship but that was you know years before okay and so then you you got to go aboard you got to sail on her is that correct i did or... not sail no oh, it's, so it's, so it's... another another segue into into getting to sweden and the european aspect was i i had a bosun out on lady washington uh um sharon downs who was uh on board lady for a while doing some engineering some respite work oh interesting okay. yeah, yeah she's already, she's the bosun and, and uh, relief captain on Kalmar Nickel. Kalmar Nickel right yeah. so got to know got to know her she said oh you got to come to Kalmar Nickel so I, I've spent a couple seasons working on Kalmar Nickel including dry dock in 2020 um, and the Kalmar Nickel is a 1638 uh, Dutch built uh, pit for the Swedish to bring pilgrims to America. Mm -hmm. uh, the original did four trips back and forth to Delaware. Um, so there's this Swedish connection as well as Bjorn Ollander who built the Swedish, helped build the Swedish ship and rig it. Um, so that was my like, okay, I wanna go there. And uh, again, through social media, the request came out, we need volunteers. Nice. So I had planned on going back in April to get them ready for the uh, voyage they were gonna take. Uh, but that was COVID canceled. And uh, so as soon as it opened up again, they were looking for volunteers. I booked a flight to, to uh, Gothenburg and, uh, and spent a month uh, working on the decks, uh, downrigging that for winter. Wow. Wow, Mark. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and just amazing, amazing uh, people to learn and work with. They have a professional crew and uh, have paid deckhands year-round okay. uh, doing maintenance on that ship. And you also got to see the Vaza, yeah? Yeah. That's pretty. <laughs> I, I didn't, when I went to see the Vaza, so I didn't know what it was. I literally had no clue. And mm -hmm. I, this must have been before, it was definitely before Tall Ship, so I would have known. But so I went in just thinking, I don't know what I expected to see. I think I expected to see like a piece of wood or something. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like the entire ship. All of it. It's just, it was astounding. And it's in its majesty. Uh, yeah. So the Vasa has uh, an incredible, it's a government sponsored museum and, and ship. 
and they have a, a wide range of professionals and academics that work there. So Fred Hawker uh, is one of their marine archaeologists yeah. uh, on board, and he also spends time volunteering on the Kalmar Nickel and sits on their board. So another, another introduction to Sweden, and of course, uh, you know, I took advantage of that and got to go see the Vasa yeah. in, in, its, in its home. So uh, if you haven't looked up Vasa, uh, Stockholm, it's, it's worth uh, touring their website and seeing yeah. what you can see. Yeah, and pictures won't do it justice. And I, I do hope to, to interview Fred Hawker at, oh, some, at some point. I would love to. Um, I, I met him personally uh, in Provincetown, I believe. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, so that, that led me, you know, those, those sh connections of, of people who you, you admire and, and have, have things to learn from, you know, led me to Sweden. And I spent, spent a month uh, working with uh, the Boston Marie Louise and, and her crew, uh, uh, Ron Gronstein, a Dutchman who's working for the Gothenburg. He's, a, he's a primarily associated with a, a Dutch ship called the Half Moon okay. that spent some time on the Hudson in, in, in New York. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping uh, to go back for their uprig in, in the spring mm -hmm. and uh, put all those yards back together. And uh, they're going to be sailing to the Mediterranean in May. Um, and spend the winter in the Mediterranean, then continuing the voyage to China the next year through the Suez, around India, oh, wow. Ho Chi Minh City, and up to Beijing. Oh wow! And you hope to be there on that? I do, or? I do, okay. and I think I think a lot of it is going to be you know paid. People will pay for different legs between cities, but again, I'm hoping t because I do have a credential and I can uh, be perhaps an assistant watch leader, that I can uh, you know do that as a as a guest crew. I like something, Mark. Wow, <laughs> I'm just so amazed. Like, yeah, I, I, who would have thought? <laughs> right? No, you, 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 and uh, you certainly opened up my eyes to the possibility, and it's, it's been a, a pretty good thing. Well, my, my hope is that through this podcast and these kind of interviews, that it'll open other people's eyes as well, um, if not to tall ships, just to simply finding a community that you can be a part of and care about, and just be a smaller, you have something bigger than yourself. You know, you're taking care of others. It's not all about you. Yeah. It's like, just have a small, and it doesn't have to be big. That's the other thing I think people tend to forget. They get all, you know, and I do it too. We, we get this, these, you know, oh, I want to change the whole world. It's like, actually, you can get a heck of a lot of meaning just from having a handful of people around you working on a project that's, that's you know, helping the, the planet and helping people. The, so, so, much of, so much of what we do on the ships is, is public education. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the Draken was an epic, epic voyage across the North Atlantic, but but then there was once you get into port, on any of these ships, you're doing public day sails, you're doing tours, you know, Draken would have a thousand visitors a day walk across the decks, and and part of being a, the crew is is leading people on tours and sharing the history of the ship, how it was built, uh, you know, how what the voyage was like, and you know. We didn't. I wasn't around for the building. I wasn't around for the voyage. But we we hear stories and we're able to share this this lore and build on what we've heard to share the 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 history of these vessels. And it it can be as simple as volunteering as a you know a crowd control person on a tour day of a tall ship festival, or coming down to to stuff envelopes for a non the nonprofit associated with the ship. But there there's so many ways to volunteer and become involved. Whether you are able to climb the rigging or not, there's always some way 
for, yeah. for people to, to be a part of the tall ship community and be a part of something larger. And, you know, having, having a group of first graders come on board the Draken in Washington, D.C., you know, they, they didn't know what it was. You know, it's like you have to point out that this is made of wood. What are those ships over there made out of? You know, and, you know, things as simple as that and opening kids' eyes to, you know, the nature of different ships and, and what they're sitting on. You know, they might not grasp the, the concept that it was, you know, the biggest Viking ship made. Yeah. Um, but the role these, these vessels played in the lives of, of, you know, the expansion of civilization for better or worse. Yeah, it's, it is incredible. It really is. All right, Mark. Well, uh, thank you. Is there anything else you want to say to folks? Or any, uh, Oh, that's right. You're getting your tattoo I'm, soon. I'm, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving today. I'm getting my, my visible tattoo. Uh, hold on. Let me get a picture of these naked hands you got there. <laughs> Last uh, time. Before they get permanently uh, yeah, decorated. So I, I, you know, there's, <laughs> there's quite a lore about uh, uh, tattoos and, and the maritime world. And, and I think uh, I, I don't have an anchor. I don't have a... a a starfish or a bluebird, but I am going to get uh, hold fast on my knuckles today because I, I think I have, that's kind of associated with the deckhand, and I think I've, I've earned my deckhand rating now. There you go. So and if you do a, happen to get incarcerated, you're good to go. It's <laughs> 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 a little edgy. You know? <laughs> no, it's awesome. I think it's great. will be my, my intro into that. That'll be, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Mm, I think it's good. a great thing. Well, thank you, Johan, for opening these doors for me, and, uh, I look forward to sailing with you again soon. Yeah, I, who knows? I might be uh, <laughs> might be under your. You might be watch leader, and I'll just be sitting there pulling. On, I, cer- I certainly won't a- achieve achieve captain status, but I'll I'll certainly be on on deck with you. That's great. <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, um, there you go, folks. Uh, Mark Gallopo, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, go find your local tall ship. Find your local maritime museum. Support them. Check it out. Go to, go to the yacht clubs. You know, people always are looking for people to sail with. So if you've ever been at all curious about the ocean, there's a way to do it. I promise. Uh, especially support your local tall ships and nonprofits. Support me here. I got a kid's book. If you got any people in your life that have kids or that are they're looking for a gift, hey, buy my kid's book. Greatest Captain in the World. You can get it at greatestcaptain.com. Otherwise, we should have a Patreon. Uh, support me there if you could. That'd be wonderful. And really, I hope everybody is great. Go out, live your dreams, and wishing you fair winds and a following sea.